Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my little show where I used to know pretty much every song and video from the Jukebox Network. Yes, even some song numbers while they were being ordered. Where the fashion of choice was used in major damaged jeans and I dreamed of owning everything at my local merry-go-round store. Shout out Security Square Mall, how you doing? <laughs> where I'd peruse my local Sam Goody and hope to collect all my favorite songs, where I'd sleep sitting up to keep my French roll finger waves and tuck in pristine condition so I can impress my little high school friends. Shout out Northwestern, Fair Eastside High. Yes, it's where 90s music rules all day and all night. Let's get into it. Today's artist would become the first female rapper to have an album debut in the top 10 of the Billboard 200. She would also go on to become the second female rapper to chart after Lauryn Hill in 1998. This rapper would debut around the same time as and be compared to and eventually form a rivalry with rapper Lil' Kim. Today's episode is on rapper Foxy Brown. to our featured artists let's take a moment to reflect on other happenings in the entertainment industry at the time that foxy brown's debut album ill nana came out since the album was released in november 1996 the same month drew hill's debut album dropped i kind of already covered that time period so instead i will highlight other pop culture releases or references from the year 1996 January 26, the controversial musical Rent was given its first public appearance at New York Theatre Workshop a day after the death of its creator, Jonathan Larson. I was actually just thinking about this situation lately as I've been wrapped up in the whole Encanto um, trend. And it made me think about Jonathan Larson and how he created this major, major cultural pop phenomenon. And yet he never got to see all that it would become. It's a whole nother story, a whole nother thing. But um, yeah, really, really tragic. But, you know, at the time Rent came up, I didn't know much about it. But later, later I would get on, on board and it would become one of my favorite stage musicals. In February 1996, Tupac Shakur released his first ever double rap album, All Eyes On Me, one of the most influential albums in hip hop history. This would include the songs California Love and I Ain't Mad At Ya. Other album releases include Jay-Z's The Reasonable Doubt. This album was featured in episode number 28 and also included the song with Foxy Brown, which we will get into. 
Aaliyah released her second album, One in a Million, sporting a much more sultry, sexy look. <laughs> when she came through with that long hair and that one eye covered, I was obsessed with that hairstyle. But honestly, the whole style. That was my girl. Maxwell's Urban Hank Suite, also out in 1996, which gave us the super chill song, Something Something. Outkast, AT Aliens, their second album. Now, I have Outkast on my list for a future episode, so stay tuned for that one. A Tribe Called Quest dropped their fourth album, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, with the song Stressed Out featuring Faith Evans. In hot singles in November 1996, we had LL Cool J's Hey Lover. Yes, honey. Yes, I believe this had boys to men singing on it. So, so sexy. Mm, he's on the list. Make no doubt about that. Only You by 112 with Notorious B.I.G. I think this might have been the first Only You song I remember. Don't quote me on that. I don't know, but hot. And finally, Mary J. Blige's Not Gonna Cry. Okay. <laughs> um, this is a small cultural reference because this is where she brought us, um, let's see, the alternate way of saying secretary was secretary. But you had to sing it that way. You had to sing it that way. Love you some Murray. Love Murray. And that was a glimpse of 1996. But before we get to our featured artist, let's go to our featured song. The featured song for this episode is a single that was released in March 1998. The song was by a duo called KP and Envy, and the song was called Swing My Way. were a duo made up of Kia Phillips from Atlanta, Georgia, who did the rap, and Susan Hedgepath from Charlotte, North Carolina, who sang the hook. While they did record and perform this song as a duo, they were not actually an official group or entity, as they had their own separate business ventures outside of music. KP was also the cousin of the record label's co-founder and entertainment lawyer, Vine Phillips, and they merged to record the song. The song peaked at number 6 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 14 on the UK Singles Chart. In 2005, they released another single called Put Your Hands Up on the Jermaine Dupri album Young, Fly, and Flashy, Volume 1. They would occasionally perform the song for shows such as the A-Town Legends concert event in 2011, but for the most part, they did their own thing. Envy would continue performing as a singer under the name Sue Lane and even released a solo album called Tell Me Why in 2009. She also auditioned and made it to the main stage on BET's competition show Sunday's Best. 
And sadly, that is all I have for KP and NV. I definitely remember that song, and my favorite part was, You looking good, shout it good, showing up good enough for me. You looking good, shout it good, showing up good enough for me. That's my favorite line. <laughs> and now on to our featured artist. Inga DiCarlo Fung Marchin was born on September 6, 1978 in the Park Slope area of Brooklyn, New York, born second and the only daughter of three children to Judith Marchin, a single mom and school teacher. As a child, she loved singing and dancing to music in her room and embracing music of her Trinidadian ancestry and also developed a love of rap music and would spend hours practicing and perfecting her own rhymes. As a teenager, this love of music and hip-hop would evolve into her entering talent competitions. At this point, she wasn't yet seriously considering a full career in music, but that all changed when she was invited on stage to freestyle when she gained considerable praise and attention for doing so. So much, in fact, that she caught the eye of hip-hop producers, track masters who were in attendance to promote LL Cool J's latest album at the time. Taking the stage name from the 1970s black exploitation movie character, Inga became known musically as Foxy Brown. She was soon offered her first professional recording shot by making a guest appearance on LL Cool J's song I Shot Ya. That appearance alone garnered her much attention and pretty soon she was doing other guest appearances such as Case's 1996 single Touch Me Tease Me. Okay, funny thing is when I remember this song, I only remember Foxy on it and I feel kind of bad. To me, this was her song. Foxy quickly became popular as a rapper, also doing cameos on songs including Total's No One Else, Tony Braxton's You're Making Me High, and Jay-Z's single Ain't No Nigga. What up, boo? Just keep me laced in the illest snakes. Bank rolls and shit. Back rubs in the French tub. Smacking this bitch. Wifey nigga. So when you flip that coat, remember the days you was dead broke. But now you styling. I raised you. Basically made you into a dawn. Flipping weight. Heron and shit. You know the pussy is all that. That's why I get baguettes. Five carrots and all that. From Doge. Got born under H. Bendel. I ring your bells. So who the player? I still keep you in the 
the illest gators Tailor made so we can lay up in the shade Reminiscing on how I fuck the best of shit Especially when I'm sipping bellies Don't give a fuck on how you move with them other mommies I push the Z, eating shrimp, skimpy With rocks larger than life Fuck them Reebok broads, you made it known who your wife was I got you fronting in Armani sweaters Before this rap shit when you was in levers And bullshit Beretta. Now, this song was my first time hearing her And I remember this on the radio I mentioned this on the Jay-Z episode But what I did not know at the time was that Foxy was only 17 when she recorded this and appeared in the video. But did you hear those lyrics? This was from a 17 year old. That just blows my mind. All of those songs were hits and soon there was a bidding war to sign Foxy Brown to a full contract. But by March 1996 she did sign with Def Jam Records. Foxy began recording what would become her debut album with the help of producers Trackmasters, Jay-Z, Kit Capri, and Method Man, to name a few. She was considered a hot and upcoming artist due to her very provocative lyrics and rhyming talents. In November 1996, her first album, Il Nana, was released with the first single out, the song Get Me Home. get you home with me tonight uh oh uh oh <laughs> the song featured the group blackstreet on the hook and also used an obvious sample from the 1984 eugene wilde song gotta get you home tonight the music video was directed by hype williams and the song went on to number 42 on the hot 100 but number 10 on the r&b charts uh oh uh oh the second single from il na na out in march 1997 was the song i'll be Small niggas, all I see is the penny ethers. That's all niggas. No shark in this year, raise the bigger. Fifteen percent make the whole world sit up and take notice. Now I take over, y'all take quotas. Look, bye bye. We got the hits, y'all. We drop hits. Now tell me how nasty can you get? All the way from the hood to your neck of the woods is ripped. One thing for sure. That's right. We drop hits. Tell me how nasty can you get? All the way from the hood to your neck of the woods is ripped. One thing for sure. I'm too loud, nasty as I wanna be. Don't you know, shake your sassy ass in front of me. Before I take it there and tear your back out. That shit ain't happened since the map was out. I can't help but think how amazing it must have been to have Jay-Z appear and help produce your first album. I mean, mm, wow. The song was written by Sean Carter himself and includes a sample from the 1985 Renee and Angela song, I'll Be Good. Now, this one peaked at number 7 on the Hot 100, which Wikipedia states was Jay-Z's highest charting single at that time. It reached number 2 on the Hot Rap Singles chart and went top 40 in the Netherlands, the UK, and New Zealand. The song sold over 500,000 copies and became one of the best-selling records of 1997. I'll Be would be nominated for Top Hot Rap Single at the Billboard Music Awards, and VH1 would rank at number 52 on its 100 Greatest Hip Hop Songs. 
but somehow it would be Foxy's only solo top 40 hit and her only single to earn a certification. Hmm, interesting. Her third single from the Il Nana album out in July 97 was Big Bad Mama. The song featured the group Drew Hill and it was featured on the soundtrack for the 1997 movie How to Be a Player. The song was another one produced by Trackmasters and used an obvious sample from the Carl Carlton song, She's a Bad Mamma Jamma. She's a bad mamma jamma. Big Bad Mama would peak at number 10 on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart. The Il Nana album would become the first rap album by a female to debut in the top 10 and went on to sell over 2 million copies. The album was also certified outside of the U.S. and was the highest selling and fastest selling rap album of 1996, going platinum in just under three months. In October 1997, Foxy Brown released a new album where she teamed up with rappers Nas, AZ, and Nature to form the supergroup called The Firm. Produced by Dr. Dre and Trackmasters, they released The Firm, the album. The main concept of the album was that of mafia and gangsta lifestyle themes and featured guest vocals from Don Robinson from En Vogue, Cannabis, Pretty Boy, and Noriega. It featured two singles, the first being Firm Biz. Victim to the horny, keep the pussy tight, stay that bitch. If I'm going fuck, blaze that dick. Told me get him four chips and pray push a six. Now I got game to make the thuggest niggas scream my name. Hope the pennies drop. Only if I cop. The song featured the sample from Tina Marie's 1981 song Square Biz with Dawn Robinson singing the hook and appearing in the music video. The song did not chart in the US but was a top 20 hit in the UK. The last single from the album was a song called Phone Tap, which had a music video with Dr. Dre, but failed to chart. Despite the Firm album selling over 147,000 copies its first week, the album was received with very mixed reviews, with some critics slamming it as overhyped and failing to create any hit singles. It would be the last album for the group as they went back to their solo projects. In January 1999, Foxy Brown released her second studio album, China Doll, this time under her own Il Nana Entertainment and Def Jam. Wanting more creative control, she insisted on being an executive producer, but also worked with producers including Irv Gotti, Kanye West, Tyrone Fife, and Swiss Beats. The album spawned three singles with the first out in October 1998, and that was Hot Spot. Stop it, this is our world. Me and my girl, catch me at the hot spot. I fuck, stop, 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 stop
produced by Irv Gotti and Lil Rob, I do recall this being the last video I remember by Foxy. This song peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and would also be the last single of hers to chart on the Hot 100 as a solo artist. The second single from the China Doll album is the song, I Can't. So he played you, right? Shot a little game, then he blazed you, right? Talking about he was gonna make you right, to make you right. And the last thing you see was heartbreak life. Fools you, girl. Pussy is power. Let me school you, girl. Don't get a ball for pretty move, you girl. The song featured the group Total and also samples from the Wham! song, Everything She Wants. This one did not chart on the Hot 100 at all and no music video was produced for it. It did peak at number 61 on the R&B Hip Hop Singles chart. The last single from the album was a song called J-O-B. The single was given a vinyl single release and featured singer Maya on the vocals. But alas, it also did not chart and there was no video for it. The hook samples the 80s song Ain't Nothing Going On But The Rent by Gwen Guthrie. The China Doll album did sell 1 million copies, making it go platinum. It also debuted at number one, making it the first solo female rap album to do so, landing it a spot in the Guinness World Records for 1999 and 2000. Despite this, the album still had mixed reviews. All Music's Jose F. Promise stated of the China Doll album, quote, For the most part, this album is full of unappealing pornographic raps, lame beats, and pathetic gangster posturing. The sophomore slump is evident here, end quote. And Oliver Wang, a journalist for Amazon, stated this, quote, China Doll just sounds like any number of New York-based rap albums, especially with its commercial formula of shuffling hi-hats, catchy hooks, and recycled funk loops. In the end, Brown's self-exploitive, sexually and racially cover art is likely to offer more provocative statements than the album itself, end quote. Ooh, yikes. Um, and about that cover art. <laughs> On it, you see Foxy stooping down in a crotch position, um, but what is funny to me is the Chinese or Asian lettering going down the front. I do remember at this time, around 1999, that the popular thing to do was to get a tattoo of Asian letters. And I remember at one time, I wanted one. Letters going down my arm. Yo, I'm so glad I didn't end up doing that because people soon found out that what they thought was a meaningful phrase or word, come to find out was just some random letters or nothing at all. Yeah, real talk. That's what we did in 99. Well, they did it. I didn't. <laughs> After China Doll, Foxy got into modeling and landed campaigns with Calvin Klein Jeans and Christian Dior. She also did many guest appearances on other artists' music such as Cisco's Thong Song and Capone in Noriega's Bang Bang. 
damn hoe, here we go again. Pop shit like a cop, lightweight as your rocks, bitch. The talk slick, fuck is all that sneak shit. You and Diddy, I killed me, but that's subliminal shit, bitch. Why is you frontin' and kicking that street shit? Please impress me, go back to that freak shit. While your broke ass was guzzling nuts and shit. I was chopping the weights, leaking OZs and shit. A decoy bitch, like the feds lying. You supposed to have a little bit of bed styling? Working on raised holes to slip and graze holes. What bitch is Apparently, her verse from the Bang Bang song further fueled a growing rivalry between her and rapper Lil' Kim. I was curious about this, so I did a bit of digging. Because there's so many similarities to both rappers' styles and the fact that they pretty much hit the music scene at the same time and apparently came from the same place, I was curious about their dynamic. So, a little background. Lil' Kim and Foxy both grew up in the same Bedford-Stuyvesant neighborhood of Brooklyn and they attended the same high school, Brooklyn College Academy, although Kim is four years older. By the mid-90s, they both entered the hip-hop game at the same time, but through different mentors and artists. Kim was brought in through the Notorious B.I.G. and worked with the group Junior Mafia, while Foxy worked with Jay-Z, Nas, and A.Z. and worked with the group The Firm. Lil' Kim and Foxy would continually end up running in very similar music circles and even worked on Total Song, No One Else, together. It was in 1996 that both rappers' albums released just two weeks apart in November. Now, that is just crazy to me. In 1997, both rappers appeared on the cover of The Source together with the headline, Sex and Hip Hop, Harlots and Heroines. And while the interviews were conducted separately, the feeling still was that they were friendly. And I do remember this cover and thinking how cool it was to see them together. Cause just like the Brandy versus Monica so-called feud, I really wanted to see ladies get along and basically be above that. By 1997, Def Jam offered the two rappers a deal to do an album together called Thelma and Louise, offering them both 500,000 each. They both turned it down, hinting at a potential tension between the two. In 1999, Lil' Kim appeared on Lil' Caesar's song, Play Around, with what appears to be lyrics dissing Foxy, and in 2000, Kim directly dissed Foxy on her title track, The Notorious K.I.M., when she referenced you and your firm talking about Foxy. Which brings us back to the year 2000 and the song Bang Bang, which is where Foxy hit back at Kim. Things came to a head when in February 2001, a gunfight broke out outside of the Hot 97 radio station in New York City between Kim and her entourage and CNN or Capone and Noriega's entourage. Foxy was not present at the time, but she did condemn the gun violence and even extended an olive branch to Lil' Kim. Don't think somebody should get killed before people realize that something, a change has to happen. I had nothing to do with the shooting. We just want to stop it. We just want to say, look, let's put an end to it. Thank, Thank you, you AJ. Foxy won on MTV News to try and make amends with Kim, stating, quote, I really don't know how it started, but Russell Simmons and I, we got together and I said, Russell, I want to call a truce. I want to have a sit down with Kim. I don't care what it is. Let's just end it. We could even do a collaboration. We're bigger than this. If it has to start with me, let it start with me, end quote. Lil' Kim did not respond or reciprocate. After a year-long delay, Foxy Brown released her long-awaited third album, Broken Silences, in July 2001. It debuted at number 5 and sold 130,000 copies its first week. The album spawned three singles, with the first released in May 2001, titled Oh Yeah.
Christian Dior poster girl Moroccan Tim's bitch and the Gucci loafer girl Niggas say I'm too pretty to spit rhymes gritty the fuck y'all thought be dancing around in suits like I'm pretty Show niggas how we run this city Respect my name Boogie Nickel while the song did not perform well on the charts, it was later credited with kicking off the hip-hop dancehall sound of the early 2000s. For this album, Foxy paid homage to her Trinidadian heritage by incorporating more of a Caribbean sound and even included Caribbean patois in some of her rhymes. Her next single off the Broken Silences album was BK Anthem. Let me tell you where I grew up at. I grew up in the thoroughs borough, BK, with Big Hat, everybody rocking DK. Gav was the first dude with the CLK, and Bricks was getting shipped out of East LA. It's Brooklyn, when niggas' lives is tookin'. Rich cats got knocked and their wives was cooking. Fort Green and Hemlock, the fifth been cocked. We cried when they killed Lennox and popped and rocked. For the song, she shot a music video using a handheld camcorder, and the song peaked at number 82 on the Billboard R&B charts. And finally, the last single off the Broken Silences album was a track called Candy. I taste just like candy. Y'all a picture, Fox Pimpar just quiet like a whisper. Don't get it mixed up, bad little sister. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Damn, I'm so hood. You should see me in them jeans. It's hard to describe and being cocky's just a part of my vibe. I might stop the hollering, pop my collar, maybe a little. The song was not an official release and had no music video, but was somewhat popular on the radio. It was also featured in the film The 40-Year-Old Virgin, as well as the soundtracks for Friday After Dark and The Dark Angel. The album debuted at number 5 on the Billboard charts and went gold, selling 500,000 copies. Foxy went on to record the song Blow My Whistle for the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack. Live from BK, dipping on a freeway Vise a twist back with a couple wildcats Bunch of loose goons, keep the muzzle on them We all seven tray, who the fuck want what I eat? I numbs them like cocaine raw Starving like you're part of the VA, it's four homes There's many places, but I'm Brooklyn zone Better keep the pop and keep their shoulders locked Lottie dottie in the party, nigga Up your yeah, yeah. fuck you looking for a pen I just came to bone Reputation ill, stay on chrome I'm like E.T., B.I.S., no phone home Gavin always told me, Boogie, watch your paper Keep it low, bubble slow, niggas Catch the vapors, Fox and Cavu When the Cadillac blew too live Shout out, got the mines, B.I.S. The song was a collaboration with Japanese-American performer Hikari Utada and produced by Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo and reached number 11 on the Billboard charts. In early 2002, Foxy Brown renewed her contract with Def Jam but also renegotiated a new deal under Universal Music Group and began work on a fourth album titled Il Na Na 2, The Fever. It did feature the single, Stylin'. 
the free throw. Brooklyn Broaden, bet I keep the heat low. It's necessary we styles in Burberry and I walk as mean and I Frankie B jeans, boy. It's necessary we stays in Burberry and the Mark Jacob bag and the H Tar shoe. It's necessary we styles in Burberry and I walk as mean and I Frankie B jeans, boy. It's necessary we styles in Burberry with a Mark Jacob bag and the H Tar shoe. When we walk up in the club, niggas be like, oh, they ain't got no dough, but we be like, no. The song featured her brother Gavin and rapper Nori, or N-O-R-E, or Noriega. It was supposed to support the forthcoming album with an infectious beat and catchy lyrics, and it performed modestly, though without much promotion. But Foxy ended up making an appearance on the Wendy Williams radio show claiming that Lior Cohen, then the president of Death Jam, and Sean Puffy Combs had illegally traded her recording masters and that due to other disagreements with them, the album promotions had all been canceled. The album Il Na Na 2 was eventually shelved and the Stylin' album was then included on the compilation album The Source Presents Hip Hop Volume 6 released in December 2002. After the disappointment of having her album shelved, Foxy Brown left Def Jam Records and went on to perform some concert dates with Jay-Z for his Best of Both Worlds tour in 2004. But she did renegotiate a new deal with Def Jam's and with Jay-Z's production help began work on a new album that she would call Black Roses. She would also work with Kanye West, The Neptunes, Timbaland, and Trackmasters producing various material. The album would also feature guests including Roxanne Shantae, KRS-One, Most Def, Luther Vandross, singer Dido, Rakim, and Big Daddy Kane. Ooh, I mean, wow. Foxy continued to record and work on this new album, but also dealt with a new and serious health concern. She held a press conference in December 2005 to reveal that she suffered from a condition called severe and sudden sensoroneural hearing loss in both ears, causing almost 100% hearing loss. She revealed she spent six months unable to hear anything, and while previously recording, she needed someone to tap out the beats on her shoulder so she could keep up with the timing. A distraught Foxy was quoted as saying of the experience, quote, To suddenly lose your hearing after 10 years as a professional artist, I questioned God, why me? End quote. Very thankfully, her prognosis was considered good and she did undergo surgery and with time was able to have her hearing fully restored. In the meantime, Foxy had recorded two albums worth of material between 2004 and 2007, but still no album was released. The release of Black Roses was again canceled. After leaving Def Jam again, she launched her own Black Rose independent label and the plan was to release new material for her new album project. Brooklyn's Dawn Diva was released in May 2008 under her indie label. It contained songs recorded for her Ill Na Na 2 album without seeing information on what songs were released as singles. The album peaked at number 83 on the Billboard 200 chart. In 2012, Foxy released a diss track single in response to Lil' Kim's Black Friday. The song is called Massacre. Massacre them! 
bullshit, Black Friday shit is garbage. How the fuck she love big and shit on the swallows? Use a ballerina dance to shut it. Now the hip hop artists be lame, but she's front the hardest. Pop sucking in the chain, still foxy foxy. Still pop big shit, nigga cocky cocky. Keep the red bottoms on, nigga rocky rocky. Now put my Gucci on like a after this, Foxy was a special guest on Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday tour stop in New York, and she was also featured on Nicki Minaj's song Coco Chanel from her fourth album, Queen. Currently, Foxy Brown is set to continue to record new music, and in 2019, the word is Foxy was working on yet another new album, and she remixed Casanova's song So Brooklyn. In August 2020, she reunited with her group The Firm and appeared on a song called Full Circle from Nas's album King's Disease. So what to say about Foxy Brown's legacy? For me, I will definitely say Foxy came out during a time in the 90s when female rappers, and I have to mention Lil' Kim since they both came out during the same time, but a time when female rappers were coming out the gate much more hardcore, brash, and feminist than ever before. I definitely think she helped pave the way for female rappers today. I think it's safe to assume that when it comes to 90s female rappers, she is often a bit overlooked, and this may be due to her recent run-ins with legal problems, the comparison to Little Kim who rose to an even higher status, or the fact that she has not been able to successfully put out an album in such a long time. But lyrically, she was most definitely talented, bold, and made impact. Rolling Stone's Kathy Ayadoli had this to say about Foxy. Quote, and seeing Foxy release Il Nana, it was a reassurance that skills paid off. It didn't really matter who was helping with the rhymes. It was the delivery and the content that was being said and whose mouth it was coming out of. It was just a reassurance to me as a hip hop head that this space might be opening up for women in a way that has never been done before. There was something about what she said and how she was saying it that was hinting that a huge change was about to come, end quote. Scott Glacier of Hip Hop DX also stated that Foxy was, quote, the illest to ever do it, regardless of gender. If those aforementioned male rappers epitomized the menacing New York City mobster of the late 90s, then Foxy represents the mob wife that is even more sinister with weaponized sexuality, the sheer confidence, and astute rhyming that Foxy brought to Il Nana, which makes it one of the 90s most memorable albums and a catalyst for the fierce feminine rap wave that followed. End quote. I can also add that knowing how young she was when she came out and really listening to her rhymes and what she wrote, she was definitely a force to be reckoned with. In 2020, Spin Magazine wrapped her number 20 on their list of the 30 best female rappers ever. And that's my episode, y'all. Sorry for running one whole week late, but when my whole fam came down with a stomach bug, I knew I was going to, too. Thank you for sticking with me. I know I sound hoarse and probably sound crazy, but the show must go on. This is my craft. This is what I do, and it, it will get done. So, hey, do me a favor. If you're enjoying this podcast, do this. Tell a friend, share on social media, share the love. Every little bit counts for my little 90s podcast, and it would be so appreciated. Well, that's it, y'all. Let me hit these vitamins and stay away from these little boogie-nosed kids, and I'm going to be back with another episode soon. Till then, y'all. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.
Thank you.